Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 106 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. We are back from a hiatus last week. Justin, how are you today? I'm feeling much better. Yeah, so it was a bit of a... um, excuse my language shit show last week where <laughs> justin had a had a you had a nasty cold and my both of my kids were in urgent care for different reasons uh one had pneumonia one had a really bad viral bug viral stomach thing uh which was all quite scary um which basically meant doing a podcast was impossible so our sincere apologies uh, we hate missing the podcast. We like you, speaking you to know, you. You guys know you missed us. <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. Uh, but we're back. We're back. And we do have a great a great show for you today. Um, first up, we have Trump's massive fraud judgment. It's now in. He owes hundreds of millions of dollars. But can he pay? Uh, did the press conveniently sweep it under the rug? We're going to talk about that. Uh, Christian nationalism is rearing its ugly head again with plans to dismantle the Constitution. The, the Biden impeachment takes a uh, hilarious turn as the foundation crumbles with the arrest of a key figure. Uh, you're going to want to hear this one. This is, this is a great story. Uh, let's get ready for another government shutdown and buckle up for the blame game and the potential for MAGA Mike's downfall. We have our clown of the week featuring a hilarious trucker tantrum that fizzled out, fizzled out faster than the MAGA hat in the hurricane. We end with a glimmer of hope from Wisconsin, which could be a sign of things to come. Um, and then for you wonderful banter members, we're going to be jumping into the emergency meeting where we're going to be talking about the elephant in the room, Joe Biden's age. Uh, is the president too old to run again? Are Democrats avoiding the topic? Is the press engaging in double standards with, with Biden and Trump? We both have somewhat different takes on this. So uh, come join us there for a lively debate. The emergency meeting podcast, again, it's for banter members. It's shorter, more controversial more sweary um you can get in there you can get a 50 discount get yourself uh, access to the emergency meeting you get access also to all of our paid articles and our member chat threads um and our locked archive so please become a banter member it is the only way that the only thing that keeps us going again the banter is 100 independent we rely completely on your subscriptions to keep going so thank you from uh, all of us here um, but let's get going with the podcast. All right. So, uh, Trump's massive fraud. This guy, uh, this has not, not been a great week for Trump, right? It's not been a great month for Trump at all. No, no, it really um, hasn't. <laughs> what was the final number? What, 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 I forget what the fact it was 450 million, right? Yeah, it was 350 plus another hundred in interest. So <laughs> it's like, Wow, that that he's he's looking at just between that and the E.G. and Carol, he's looking at half a billion dollars. He's got to pony up 
within a month. Yeah, he's got 30 days to pay it, right? Basically. Um, so actually, the, the New York fine is 364 million plus 100 million in interest. And that is accruing daily. Um, <laughs> so obviously, Trump is a billionaire, so he can definitely afford this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's why people need to send him donations because, you know, he can afford it. Yeah, and that's why he's rolled out a golden sneaker line just in time. Oh, um, my God, those are so tacky. <laughs> so I think this is an interesting case, right? Because I don't think that Trump can pay this, right? This is my – I don't think he can't pay this, number one. But number two, let's talk about how this was covered by the media. Badly, right? I mean, it was as if it was just a not. I mean, it is again. We're so used to absolute mayhem when it got with Donald Trump and his uh, constant criminal investigations, court cases, and et cetera, et cetera, that you just kind of zone them out, right? But it is the media's job to focus on this stuff. About this is any other presidential candidate in history would have been discounted from running for president immediately with something yeah, like this the, the press would have destroyed anybody else including republicans mm. like if this had been george w bush they probably would have crucified him as well and they mm. liked george w bush and they still would have like been like oh what half a billion dollars no 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 we're not okay with that but trump they just kind of went wow that's a lot of money yeah it's it's like Romney. I remember when you know I'm old enough to remember when Mitt Romney was running for president uh, in 2012, and there was you know there was there was there was a lot of uh, his what was this company Bain Capital right? He used to run this Bain Capital, which is basically this kind of horrible venture capital firm that went around stripping. The, the, Mitt Romney's uh, company would basically buy distressed companies, uh, fire everybody. And then sort of restructure them and then sell them for profit, right? It was real vulture capitalism. It was real, like, horrible, horrible shit that the Bain Capital did. And Mitt Romney was raked over the coals for this stuff. He really was. Um, you know, out of touch billionaire or million, you know, I, I, there's a, there is some evidence that Mitt Romney is a billionaire, actually, as well. Um, I think he was probably hiding some of his money. But uh, I, I uh, thought he was a billionaire. Like, I wasn't aware that was a question. Uh, back then, back no, back then at least he wasn't a billionaire. He was definitely, at least he was saying he was a millionaire. All right, so he wasn't trying to rub it in people's faces. He was trying to downplay it. Yeah, and that was back in the day when being a billionaire or a very, very, very wealthy person kind of counted. You know, twelve years ago, back in the day. Back in the day, twelve years ago. That's how long we're yeah. talking ancient history. 12 years. Yeah, when you'd have to be slightly you you were kind of ashamed of your wealth basically. If you're running for office, you got you had to kind of you know pretend you were working class. I mean, this is the whole thing. This is what a lot of the presidential candidates do. Historically, they kind of pretend that they're working class. Yeah. And and yeah. And, and now this and but now you've got Trump who's like not only am I rich, but I commit fraud. I don't pay taxes. He actually yeah. bragged about that. Yeah, that yeah, he doesn't yeah. pay taxes because you know you have to be smart. You're dumb if you pay taxes, and it's like, uh, uh, uh yeah. okay. And he just gets applauded, right? He just gets cheered on. It's really important to remember that back in the '90s, okay, 
the press went absolutely apeshit over the Clinton Whitewater scandal, which turned out to not actually be a scandal, right? It was supposed to be they had invested money and there was supposed to be some kind of impropriety there and blah, 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 and insider trading, yada, yada, yada. And it turned out they lost money on that deal, right? It's like, well, you know, if they're financial criminals, they're not very good at it and they lost money. But they tried real. I mean, I mean, if you talk, if you say whitewater to people today, they know it has something to do with the Clintons and corruption. They're not really sure what it is, but it had something to do with real estate, maybe. And it was a huge thing. And uh, God damn it, Bill Clinton needed to resign because they're corrupt and blah 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 blah. Right? You fast forward to today, and it is not even a question. That Donald Trump d- did something extremely corrupt and very right. illegal, and why he's not going to jail for it, I I still don't understand. But four hundred and sixty something million dollars, half a billion dollars worth of fraud, fined fined for that, and the press is like, well, just another day. Just you a, know, I mean, they like his nonprofit got shut down. Do you remember his? What was that? Fa- he had a yeah, the Trump Foundation. Yeah, that got shut down. And his the university, his fake university. Went, yeah, his yeah. fake university got shut down. No big deal. And, and again, it, and I love pointing this out in my articles when I bring this stuff up. The press made the Clinton Foundation into a huge scandal. And when they didn't actually find anything, because there was no scandal, they right. tried to invent one and they didn't find it. And when they didn't find one, they just invented a whole new thing saying, well, the optics are bad, so she should shut it down because it looks bad. It's like, but there's nothing there. Right. Right. They she didn't actually do anything. The Clintons actually haven't done anything. It's you guys saying there's a problem, even though we can't find one. So therefore, she should be dinged for it and shut it down. At the same time that was happening, the Trump Foundation was being investigated for literal corruption and the press totally ignored it i mean they literally happened at the same time and the press made a huge deal about the clinton foundation and they just kind of said trump foundation yeah you know it exists it's a thing and they just moved on right and they're doing the same thing here yeah absolutely absolutely I mean, so look, let's speaking of invented scandals, right? I think we should talk about this next thing, given given the topic. Uh the Biden impeachment. <laughs> Holy Jesus. This is this is a great story. We don't have all the details yet. So I don't know I don't know if the guy's a he's not a spy per se, but he's definitely a Russian asset. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the, f- the former FBI informant charged with fabricating claims about a bribery scheme involving Joe Biden. Uh, Hunter and the Ukrainian energy company has extensive contacts with the Russian intelligence agencies, according to the Justice Department. Um, uh, federal prosecutors also say in a new court finding that Alexander Smirnov admitted to authorities after he was arrested that officials associated with Russian intelligence were involving involved in passing in story passing a story about President Biden's son Hunter Biden. Smirnov, a long-time FBI informant, was arrested last week and charged with making false statements and creating false and fictitious records. This is from NPR. 
Um, so yeah, this is this is the foundation of what the whole Burisma story was about Biden and his sons taking bribes, right? And it's all just basically nonsense. Uh huh. Yeah. This is the yeah. whole Hunter Biden's laptop <clears throat> thing. <sighs> Didn't do you remember when that episode where you and Bob tried to explain the Hunter Biden laptop thing to me? Yeah. <laughs> right. It was something... gibberish then, and it's now we know for a fact that it, it was. I've got to say, it, it, it's something that I still don't understand. Right. I still, I still can't get my head around the Hunter Biden laptop scandal because, you know, you at some point I'll have to bring, we'll have to get Bob on the podcast, and you guys will have to explain it to me again. Yeah, because it was it, gibberish. It was absolute pure gibberish. Mm. I, I mean, there is no physical hard. There is no physical laptop, which mm. one right there should actually tell you something. Yeah. Right? They never had a physical laptop. They never had a physical. They had a copy of the data from a hard drive, but somehow never actually had the physical hard drive. Uh huh. Yeah. And when the FBI is like, "Yeah, we're pretty sure this has been t- this information has been tampered with." Like mm. there's stuff on here that is probably not was not there originally. Mm. And you know, people like Glenn Greenwald and Matt Taibbi screamed bloody murder. Mm. How dare the FBI say that? They're covered. I mean, that's what the entire Twitter files thing was about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah because absolutely. all the all the different media places are like, oh, we're not touching this story. This mm. this reeks of bullshit. There's something really, really wrong with this story. Mm. And here we are, just about four years later. And now we know for a fact from the person who invented it that it was all Russian lies. And you know who will never apologize for it? Glenn Greenwald and Matt Taibbi will never, ever apologize. And three months from now, they will go right back to saying, well, I mean, we all know the Burisma story is true. And it's like, no, we don't. The guy admitted it was all fake. Won't make a difference. They're still going to impeach Biden. They're still yeah. going to do it. This is the thing, right? They are probably going to go ahead with it because the, the the Taliban 20 in Congress are going to demand it. So they're going to have to do it. Well, it's not even them. It's Trump. Trump is going to order the House to impeach Biden, even though the entire basis of the case for impeaching Biden was just shown to be a lie by the person who invented it. And they're still going to do it because Trump cannot tolerate the idea that he was impeached twice legitimately for actual things that he actually did and the person he's running against does not have an impeachment against them. He cannot tolerate that. It's not fair, quote unquote, and he has to make impeachment not mean anything. Right. Right? Because if everyone's impeached, well then impeachments don't really count, do they? Yeah, so... I mean, I still, again, look, let's just zoom out from this, right? It is amazing that you've got a guy who's been impeached twice, right? Impeached twice, is on, is being fined $450 million for lying about his, uh, about inflating his property prices, uh, lying to to banks, making false statements. Um, This guy, this guy is running for president, right? And then you've got, on the other hand, President Biden, who's done nothing wrong, who's been the victim of a smear campaign. But, you know, both sides, right? Both sides are just as bad. You know what's messed up about this? There's two things, right? Two things we haven't even touched. One, Trump needs 
$500 million within 30 days. Otherwise, he won't be because the way this works, and I don't know why, in order to appeal, right? Because he has to appeal this. He has to appeal yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he has to call up the money. Um, you need to be able to pay. Like, you have to put the money in escrow. Like, you have to have yeah. the money, put it up front, and say, I'm appealing this. Because if you lose, you lose the money, right? Mm. No bank in the country is going to give him half a billion dollars. No way. No way. Right? So where's he going to get the money from? Well, there's plenty of foreign governments who would be more than happy to fund him through cutouts. Right? Because he ain't going to be able to get it from any foreign banks either. But he'll be able to get it through some cutout who will be more than happy to funnel him some rubles or some money from China or some money from Iran. Anything to put them it put Trump in their pocket. And Trump, you know Trump. Trump will be more than happy to do their bidding once they've got that money. It's like, oh, they paid me off. I mean, this was Bob's piece. This was Bob's piece this week, right? About this would just this should disqualify him in the presidency. We need to look very carefully about where he gets this money from. Exactly. Right, because he he he'll come up with the money. At some like he he he's going to have to. He's going to have to sell something or you know borrow something. We, but we need to look very carefully about where this is coming from. Now, the other thing is being the the only reason Hunter Biden is being charged with anything because he had a plea deal, but because there was new information con- uh, concerning this whole Burisma bullshit. That's why the the plea deal got blown up. So now he's being charged with crimes based on lies. So are they going to drop the charges? No, they won't. And he won't be able Mm. to go back to getting that plea deal. They're going to go forward with it because he's a Biden. If it was anyone else, especially if their name was Trump, this would not be happening. So these are the two things that, that are happening right now, among other things. But because of all this bullshit with the lies from Burisma having to do with um, this this guy Smirnoff, you know, Hunter Biden's getting jammed up. And I'm sure Republicans are looking forward to playing around with that some more. And now we have to watch um, Trump to see who's paying him off, who's going to own him right. going forward. So that's exciting. Yes, that, that is exciting. And I think uh, it will be incredibly revealing. Um, will it make a difference? Who knows, given what this guy is able to get away with. But it does seem, again, that like the stakes are just getting higher and higher and higher, right? With the with all of the um, uh, the court cases, right, coming up this month, plus the legal fines, uh, plus the scrutiny about where he's going to get the money from. I mean, we just I think Stephen Colbert did a whole monologue about this, right? About Everybody knows this guy is guilty. Everybody knows this guy is a crook. There's no doubt about it. Nobody in their right mind thinks this guy is innocent of anything, right? Um, but we're just waiting to see whether the, the the wheels of justice, are they going to grind quick enough, right? Jesus Christ. They should, you know have, started this, they should have started this two years ago. Not a year yeah, ago. it's kind of unthinkable that somebody, this level of criminality could become president again. <sighs> But here we are. Can't wait. Oh, hey, yep. Okay. Well, look, um, let's move on. Uh, let's look at uh, Christian nationalism. This is a <laughs> this is a crazy story. Uh, they, there's some new plans to dismantle the constitution. This looks great. This looks this looks <laughs> this looks awesome. They're obviously planning for a uh, a Trump presidency. Um. So. 
yeah, uh, the anticipation of a second Trump uh, presidency, Christopher Fascists have detailed a plan to burn the Constitution um, and replace it with the warped version of the Bible. Um, this was a story broken by Politico. So one document, this is the Center for Renewing America is part of Project 2025. And we've talked about this before. And this is what their contribution looks like. <clears throat> it's from Politico. It says, one document craft, drafted by CRA staff and fellows includes a list of top priorities for CRA in the second Trump term. Christian nationalism is one of the bullet points. Others include invoking the Insurrection Act on day one to quash protests and refusing to spend authorized congressional funds on unwanted projects, a practice banned by lawmakers in the Nixon era. Uh, documents obtained by Politico do not outline specific Christian nationalist policies, but Vought has promoted a restrictionist immigration agenda, saying a person's background doesn't define who can enter the US, but rather citing biblical teachings, whether that person, quote, accepted Israel's God, laws and understanding of history. What's the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's so unbelievably unconstitutional, it's not even funny. But it's but just kind of mental. Yeah. I mean, uh, other things they're planning, they're planning on ending divorce, right? I mean, this is something that they start, they've been talking about for the last several months. They want to end the, uh, they want to end the, uh, end the idea of divorce. They want to make abortion completely illegal um, in, in every way, right? National abortion ban, which Trump's been talking about, which is like, okay, have fun with that. Um, and they're just, they want to erase the LGBT community from, any legal documents like they're, they're, they're not even to be mentioned at the federal level and all the all of the really unpleasant side effects that would entail for the LGBT community. I mean, it's it's insane what these people are planning. And that's not even including all the other stuff that um, Project 2025 is planning on doing, mm. you know. So, I mean, this is the thing that that really freaks me out about this. This is. Last year was it last year? I think it was last year. I I reposted the Christian nationalism articles that I had written in 2011. I think it was. It was the March of Christian Nationalism, um, parts one through four, which gave us um, a, a Christian dominionism. Excuse me, which gave an outlook of what it is, what they're planning on doing, and why they're planning on doing it, and. Hmm. This is stuff when I wrote about it four, 13 years ago, people just looked at that like had no idea what I was talking about because it was the fringe, right? No one really believed it. No one really accepted it. It was no. And now they're right here and they're right at the door and they're just what? Nine months, eight months away and they're going to start doing this stuff. Yeah. That's how close they are. All they need is one more crack at the presidency, and they're gonna start. They're gonna start doing it. Absolutely. Again, I, I still I feel like I go blue in the face, like trying to like warning people about what what is about to happen should Trump win again. Like I don't. I genuinely don't think people acknowledge the reality of what's about to happen. Right? And it's not just Trump. Like in 2028, whoever they run, Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis, it won't matter. They're all going to do this, mm. all of them, because this is the plan. Once they're in office, they have no intention of ever leaving again. All of them. Like, because they know every year 
the chances of Republicans winning the White House become dimmer and dimmer. So their whole plan is to make sure the second they get back into power, Bob always said, Bob always puts it the same way, close the door behind them. Mm. And that's what this is. That's what these plans are. It's get in there and make sure no one else can ever pry them back out of power. Yeah. Yeah. It's flipping scary. It really is. And I think that the, you know, I hold the media to account for this. This is, this is the way that the media normalizes Trump. This is the, the byproducts of that. Right. And this is what happened again in 2016. Um, and everybody was saying, you know, it can't be that bad, right? It can't be that bad. It's no way is it going to be as bad as everybody thinks it's going to be. And it was 10 times worse than everybody thought it was going to be when Trump went into office. It was kind of like insane. It was like some sort of episode of Black Mirror, like a like a four-year-long four episode of Black Mirror, this kind of warped reality, that, that like a complete adjacent reality that we were all exposed to for year, for four years. Uh, yeah, so when when John Stewart says <clears throat> we'll survive, it's like you know what? Not every fucking person did. Well, yeah, I mean, how many? Was it? I think there was an estimated three hundred fifty thousand people died uh, who unnecessarily under Trump's minimum uh, when Trump was president. Minimum, yeah, minimum. during the COVID pandemic, given his extraordinary ineptitude, and that wasn't it. The White House was was deemed uh, the number one source of of COVID disinformation. Uh, during the pandemic i mean and people want to do this again yeah they really I mean, do this, this fucking poor kid next benedict in oklahoma just got beaten to death because they were trans or they were they were non-binary and that's a result of fucking trump and the republicans of Ma- it's like of the, not yeah. everyone survives when you let this shit loose yep um, so you know well <laughs> well look let's uh we'll move on from that we've got a we've got a government shutdown to look forward to uh this is oh my god <laughs> so this is this is gonna happen. i'll let you take the lead on this justin you are our, our resident government shutdown expert what's happening now oh my god you know i thought i just assumed they were just gonna do another cr because we just don't have any time left there's mm. no time left to do this right um there are they're, the the house is on well they're not on break it's not like they go home and twiddle their thumbs right they're back in their home districts doing home district stuff but they only have two working days in Washington left um, they're coming back on the 28th and they're there the 28th and they're there the 29th and then on the first that's a government shutdown right they have to have it done on the 29th and there's zero chance they will get these spending bills done in two days, right? It's not possible. Even if even if everyone agreed and said, okay, we're all going to do this. Every, we all agree on everything. You couldn't get it done in two days. It's just not enough time. There's too many. It's 12 different bills. It's not going to happen. So great. So now you have to do a CR. Okay, fine. But this is from Axios. Hmm. Behind closed doors, House Republicans have shifted from optimistically cautious to expecting a government shutdown, Axios has learned. The key date is April 30th. If there's not a budget by then, I'm sorry, not February, April. Um, if there's not a new budget then, it will trigger a 1% across the board spending cut. Democrats won't back a stopgap bill beyond this. Across the bu- um, 
across the board cuts are a okay for some house conservatives because they're not getting the stuff they want. They're not getting anything to hurt trans kids. They're not getting stuff to hurt women with abortion. So they're just like, you know what? Fine. Let it all shut down. We don't care. And if MAGA bike has, uh, doesn't make a deal with um, Democrats, then it shuts down. But if yeah. he makes a deal with Democrats, he's going to get ousted. And they don't care what happens at this point. So, yeah, what does this mean? This clearly, obviously, this is terrible for the country. But politically, how does this play out? Well, a government shutdown in the middle of well, it's, it's, it's almost the middle of the election year. It, in an election year, suicide. Mm. It will guarantee that they lose the House. Um, and that's 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 Mega Mike's choice, right? Either he bites the bullet and says, I'm going to do everything I can to save the House and not have a shutdown, at which point he's going to lose his speakership. And then you're going to have weeks of chaos because there is nobody else lined up for this job. Nobody. I mean, remember. Who could do it? Right. Who would want it at this point? And who could they possibly all agree on? Um, I mean, yeah, it, took no them, one. it took them three weeks last time to find this guy. And, and this uh, and this guy is a complete neophyte. He has absolutely zero experience, and it's showing. Right. So now they're gonna do, they're gonna do this again. They're gonna lose weeks of time in an election year, mind you. My, Mike Johnson is in charge of. Well, he's not the only person, but he's in charge of fundraising yeah. for the House. And you're going to start. And I mean, granted, he's only been at it for like four months, three months. But you're going to start again from scratch? I, I mean, you might as well just hand the keys back over to Nancy Pelosi and um, Hakeem Jeffries and say, well, you guys just run things for the rest of the year because we give up. Uh, that's just that's how bad it is for them hmm. to do this. Either they do a shutdown or they bounce their speaker again. And either way, guarantees that they just hand control of the House back over to Democrats. Yeah, I mean, they ca- it's going to be impossible to blame Democrats for this. It really will be. I don't see how they can do this. This is a completely self-induced catastrophe. Yeah, even even the press is not going to be able to do Congress this, Congress that, House this, House that. It's like, no, no, no. Everyone's Man, that drives me crazy. Congress. That drives me insane. That drives me insane. Why can't Congress do its job? No, 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 no. Let's be specific here. Why, why, why Republicans can't do their jobs? Like this is, it is completely like that is the way. If you want to understand how the media both sides things, right? Is they when you just talk about Congress as you sort of like a sort of a, um, inanimate object, right, or like a sort of a, a monolith. Um, no, Congress is made up. Congress is housed with, with Democrats and Republicans, right? Republicans control Congress. They control the House. Um, and they are making things almost impossible. It's completely dysfunctional. There you have a cabal of, of basically terrorists, right? The Taliban 20, um, who are holding the entire country to ransom over completely unreasonable demands. This is why the country, this is why we're going to have a shutdown. It's not because of the Democrats. Right. But that's a de- that's a deliberate choice on the part of the media to say mm. that. They, uh, yeah. they know exactly what they're doing and why they're because they they can't blame Republicans because that's why they love Dems in disarray. They love those headlines. They hate talking about Republicans in chaos. Yep. They hate it. 
and Absolutely. they never want to talk about that. Well, so that's uh, that's something to look forward to. Well, look, uh, on a lighter note, we have our clown of the week. We have a trucker tantrum. This is a, <laughs> see, this is a MAGA trucker named named Ray, right? Um, so <laughs> he wanted to stop uh, stop bringing shipments into New York City in protest of of uh, oppressed Donald Trump um, over his real estate fraud stuff, right? So, so okay. <laughs> What did he do? He went started a massive movement of truckers, and they were going to just they were going to starve. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so he was going to he was going to depri- basically the idea was to starve New York City. Am I right? This is how it, this was his yeah, idea. Like a, a major cities have three days, as far as I understand this, have like three days worth of food in them. Yeah. So if yeah. all shipping shipments were to stop to a city, they would have three days of food and then they would be screwed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this got really this got a huge amount of play on the right. Right. It went super, super viral. His his little video, his little protest video, because the right loved the idea. They thought this would be awesome. You know, cause mass amounts of chaos in New York City, own the libs. Um, but then he was like, Ray got, Ray saw how big of a deal it became. And he was like, oh, oh, oh no, thank you. Not interested in being <laughs> the face of this. Now, mind you, I- I'm actually, that's actually kind of cool of him. Like most MAGA would jump on that, like, because that's like winning the lotto for them. Right, they yeah. would go out there and they would just grift off of that for the rest of their lives. And he was not, like, I guess, he just wants to do his job and live his life. He's not, in, he wasn't interested in becoming a MAGA grifter. Um, and he didn't want the attention, so that was actually kind of cool. Not, not that he's cool, but it was co- cool to see someone actually not jump on the grifting train for a change. Um, but he backed off, and the right kept saying it was going to be this huge deal, this huge city-destroying boycott. And, um, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I was, right. just, I was just in New York um, this past weekend. And on my way out on Sunday, I saw dozens and dozens and 50-plus trucks just going over the GO, GW, breed, uh, GW Bridge. And that was like in a span of like, 25 30 minutes so it's like yeah that uh boycott doesn't seem to be working too well <laughs> poor maga which was it that maga ray we'll call him poor maga ray well no he calls himself chicago ray because i guess oh, he she, lives in chicago and that's chicago. where he trucks out of uh, but um okay yeah yeah that that you know that boycott uh, but they swear the boycott's gonna take time to get together and it's really gonna happen they swear it's gonna happen, definitely, because uh, that's one thing that the MAGA lot are known for is their organisational skills. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, anyway, let's move on. We got our final segment of the podcast. We have got our ray of sunshine, which is uh, Wisconsin. Yee! So uh, Republicans have created the most gerrymandered maps in the country, giving themselves super majorities. Um, this is despite the state being essentially a purple state. Uh, but Supreme Courts can't be gerrymandered, and despite pouring millions into electing pro-Trump election denier, Republicans lost. The Democrat who won the seat was very clear on her view of the gerrymandering, and Republicans threatened to impeach her, but didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. 
so this is great news. Uh, gerrymandering maps have been struck down. Yep, they are now officially in place. Yeah, yeah. So this is what does what does this mean for the future of Wisconsin? This means that essentially it will look more like a purple. It will act more like a purple state and maybe go blue. Right. Um, which is a big honking deal, considering that Wisconsin has been in control of supermajorities for ten plus years. Mm. Republicans yeah. have done terrible things in that state for the last ten. Oh plus yeah, years. was it Scott Walker? Uh huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, so this is this is pretty a pretty big deal. Um. So, you know, if if uh, the Supreme Court at some point um gets you know, you know this balance of the supreme court this could be uh a sign of what's to come for the rest of the country yeah and that's why that's why i keep telling people pay attention to wisconsin wisconsin i mean wisconsin is a very balanced state right it's mm. very close to being 50 50 which is kind of what our electorate is even though it's not exactly representative mm. but wisconsin now that they've got a supreme court that's going to strike down all of the bullshit Republicans have put in place for the last 15 years. They got rid of gerrymandering almost immediately. They protected abortion. They're, they're going to start going after, and I guarantee this is going to be really pissing off Republicans. They're going to go after all of the um, voter suppression laws. They're going to go at the, you know, they've been closing um, polling places. They have vo really strict voter ID. All of that stuff is going to go bye-bye. And people are going to be able to vote in much larger numbers. And, you know, voting That's in large never numbers. never good. Never yeah, good for Republicans. Yeah, it doesn't always help Democrats, but it usually helps Democrats. Yeah, the overall trend, absolutely. Yeah. And Republicans don't know how. One of the things this will do also, and this is something that people don't really talk about or really understand. Once you ungerrymander um, seats, Republicans stop running the most extreme people they can find. You you start sweeping out the real crazies because if you have a seat that's R plus 20, you can run the craziest motherfucker you want because you know you're going to win. And that becomes the race to the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. You That's where you get your Lauren Boeberts and your Marjorie Taylor Greens from. You, you find the craziest people who scream the craziest, most hateful things, and that's who appeals to those voters. But when it's a purple district, when you have to compete for your seat, well, you can't do that anymore. You have to compete to a much larger audience. You have to compete to middle voters, and you have to try to pick up some Democrats too. Otherwise, you're going to lose, and then you get moderates. You get people who are like, yeah, I'm a Republican. But I don't want to kill all the Democrats. And yeah, okay, I'm pro-life. But, you know, if a woman's been raped or her life's in danger, yeah, I'm okay with her getting an abortion. That's the kind of Republican you're going to get. And that's healthy. You mm. know, I don't agree with them. But, you know, they're not, not going to try, you know, pass fascist laws and put me in a concentration camp. So... That's what happens when you ungerrymander stuff. So that's why it's really, really important to pay attention to what happens to Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's good news. Very good news. Well, look, uh, we are going to be moving now into the emergency meeting podcast.
uh, you can join us there. Banter members, um, come and come and join us there. If you don't have a Banter membership, please get yourself one. It's you get fifty percent off. You get access to the Emergency Meeting podcast, and you get access to all of our paid articles and member chat threads and locked archive. In the members only podcast today, we're going to be talking about Joe Biden's age. This is obviously a hot topic of conversation there was a big hullabaloo over joe biden not doing an interview uh during the super bowl um there's a big piece in the new york times about it ezra klein wrote a huge piece about joe biden's age uh there was the press conference that biden did after the the whole um after he was exonerated from uh who was it what was he exonerated from um i forget Oh, the documents, right? The classified doc. He was exonerated oh, yeah, yeah. in the classified documents days. Uh, he had a, pre- but the guy who wrote the report uh, kind of took a shot at him. We didn't discuss this last week. We wanted to discuss it. It's it's new story. Is Joe Biden too old to become president? Right. We're gonna we talk about this every now and then. But I want to. We're gonna we're gonna dig into this. Justin and I disagree on a few things here. So we're gonna talk about that in the members only podcast. Please join us there. And for everybody else, we'll see you next week. Adios.